Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 92 of the podcast that was originally recorded on November 11th of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, this was all during Extra Life, or most of them were, Favor of the Pharaoh, Horse Fever, Kings of Air and Steam, Spyfall, Mysterium, Bonanza, Shroud of the Avatar, and a little Fallout 4. Of course, I talked about a few of the games I want to play as well. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now. Welcome to episode 92 of the podcast. Hey, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast, and then as always our Twitch channel, which was very live this past weekend, is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, I'd like to talk a little bit about Extra Life, and I would first of all like to thank all of those people who donated while we were streaming for 24 hours down at the local game store. We had a hell of a lot of fun playing games for 24 hours, and it was it was a little rough, I will admit. There were a couple of times where I wasn't too sure if I was going to be able to understand the rules to another game and trying to learn games in the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th hours of a 24-hour gameathon is probably not the best things to be doing. But those last few games we actually made it through and had a blast with. And I am going to have to break up all of the games that I played during this past weekend into two probably episodes here. So I'm probably going to talk about half of this, half of the games I played on Saturday, today, and then next week I will probably do the second half. I'm also going to throw in a few other games that I actually played outside of the Extra Life campaign that we had done. I will say we had a really good turnout down at the store. I'm not even too sure how many people actually showed up, but I know probably there were a a minimum of 50 people probably there during most of the primetime gaming times that we had going on. I'd say pretty much all of the tables were full. There was a group of us that actually did survive and make it the 24 hours. Not everyone did, but there was a group of us that did, and I like to give those guys a cheers and and some big thumbs up. We had a great time playing some games, and let's actually talk about some of those games that we played. Before that, I will say that I was actually able to double my original goal. My original goal I had only set for around $100, and I was actually just shy of 200 I had a few people tell me that they were going to pledge after we were actually done gaming, so I'm still waiting for a couple of those pledges to come in. So I should be probably well over 200 once this is all said and done, which I was very pleased with for being the first time I actually did participate in Extra Life. So on that note, let's jump into some of the games I'm playing now and what I played for the week. One of the first games we played down at the game store for Extra Life, and actually one of the games I played during my normal Thursday board game meetup, was a game called Favor of the Pharaoh. This is a little dice game that I will probably say is reminiscent of Yahtzee on steroids, and for being a dice chucking game, which is kind of what this game is in its essence, I would say it's kind of a dice chucker, dice builder game. Everybody that played this game down at the store, be it Thursday when I was down there for my board game meetup or actually for Saturday during the Extra Life campaign, 
Uh, everybody loved this game. We played this game, I think, for probably the first three hours of the night. We started at midnight, and I don't think we switched till, to another game until probably around 3.15 or so. We played at least maybe four games of this. There was there were four of us that were playing, and I believe the game plays does play four people. But basically what it is is each player starts out... Well, the first thing you're going to do is lay out the board, and you have kind of like these border tiles that tell you what you need to roll to obtain the tile that's underneath it. So you could need seven of a kind, six of a kind, a straight, basically all of the different things that you'll find in Yahtzee. Now, the interesting thing about this is there are a lot of tiles that come in the box. You will place the tiles underneath these based on, we were using the app. The first time you played the game, we actually went off of the, what was in the manual and the, we kind of just use those tiles. After that, there's actually an app you can download on your smartphone where you can basically just hit the shuffle button and it shuffles all of the tiles for you. The first two columns will just be normal. They were kind of like yellow golden tiles. Then you had a row of blue tiles, then a row of red tiles, I believe. I played the game so much and it was so late, I'm not even sure right now. Uh, but basically on your turn, you start off with three six-sided dice and you're going to roll and then you're going to try to just match one of the top border icons to see what you can come up with. Like I said, three of a kind, a straight, whatever. And then you'll obtain the tile that's underneath that. You will then continue playing until somebody can roll. I believe seven of a kind is what you're trying to go for to actually win the game. Once you roll that seven of a kind, you will get the queen token, I think I think it is. You'll also get another, another token or the tile that's underneath the queen. And that will basically signify the end of the round. Everybody will then try to basically beat your score. So if you had seven fours that you rolled people will try to roll seven fives or higher than that they can roll eight ones and that would beat that so basically everybody goes around and has one more final turn to actually try to do that and collecting the tiles is basically the biggest part of the game now that may not sound like much when you're just talking about tile collection but what these tiles do are what makes this game so fun so some of the tiles that i actually kind of remember are there's three different colored dice that come in there. I think there's an orange die, a black die, a green die, and a blue die. The blue and the green die are similar in that they actually have a side to them that basically lets you turn one of your dice to whatever number you want. So if you're going for, let's say, five fours, and you roll this green die and it rolls on the star, you can actually turn one of your other dice to you know, whatever, whatever number you're going for, like the, you know, like the four. So the green and the blue dice are similar. I think the difference between them is I think the blue dice gives you one extra star on it, whereas the green only has one star. The orange and the black die are, are quite differently in what they do, and I'd almost have to pull out the rules to get this, and since I don't have the game as the game wasn't released yet, I don't remember everything. I remember the black die lets you do some manipulation as well, and it's it's basically what you're doing is just manipulating manipulating your dice to try to basically get the scores that you want and the tiles you want, and the tiles are limited as well. So there may only be two or three tiles out there that let you roll the green die so not necessarily everybody in the game will be able to roll that die there's also tiles the red tiles are basically one-time use after you use them you'll just flip them over and you will not be able to use them anymore and then the blue tiles let you do some manipulation as well like i think one of the blue dice i had basically let me turn a die from whatever face it was on to the opposite face. So I think if you rolled a one, I think you'd I think the the six is the opposite of a one. So you could basically flip it over to the six. So there are just 
All of the tiles just do all sorts of manipulation. There's also other tiles that basically let you roll some additional basic red six-sided dice, which are basically the dice that you start out with. And you're trying to just build as large of a hand of dice as you can to basically get the best roll, to try to get the seven of a kind, to try to just win. And I think there were a couple of times where somebody rolled seven of a kind or eight of a kind, and then it would come back around. And I think the people who were normally winning were rolling 10 or 11 of a kind and basically doing that all through the manipulation of the tiles they had as well as these tokens that you can get through the game there's these little scarab tokens that you can uh, that you can obtain that will basically let you do a reroll or actually let you add one pip to or one basic one to a die and you basically add a pip to a die so you can add one if you rolled a one you can basically turn it into a two and you're able to use as many of those scarab tokens on your turn as you want so there's, there's a little bit going on in this little game. And like I said, one of the coolest things about the game was basically just the app. And I had downloaded the app because we had played the game later on in the day as well. I was teaching it to a few different people. So I had played this game multiple times um, during the 24-hour period that we were playing. It was I'd say this is probably the game that I... I probably played the most and I probably saw played the most because even once the game left our table and wasn't being played at the main table anymore, which is where our Twitch stream was, I saw it basically set up at another table and another group of people were basically playing it and everybody that sat down basically said, I don't like dice games. Halfway through the game, they were basically asking, when is this game coming out? I need to get this game. This is a blast. And everybody said that. I did not hear one person say anything bad about the game. One of the things a couple of us were talking about in regards to Favor of the Pharaoh was that even though it does have an Egyptian theme on there and you're kind of basically going for that Pharaoh tile, it's it could probably be themed with anything we were taught we were sitting around talking about. And we well the theme kind of makes the game fun, it doesn't really create the game or make the game what it is. The die manipulation, the tile collection are what make the game so fun. You could probably slap any sort of theme on this probably still make it work very easily and it would be just as fun so it was i'm not too sure why they chose the theme they did i will say the theme works there is nothing broken or wrong with the theme but a couple of us were just like you know there's a lot they can do with this game there's expansions we can we could easily tell that from the room that they left in the box there's going to be expansions to where they're probably going to add more tiles we're probably guessing more colored dice will be added to the game which will do all sorts of other sort all, all other types of manipulation this game has jumped to the top of my i must buy this when it comes out immediately game so if you have not heard of favor of the pharaoh Go check it out on Board Game Geek. Read a little bit about it. I believe it should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to make sure that my game store has this pre-ordered for me when it comes out because I want to make sure that we have this to play for Christmas time. This is a game that was just a lot of fun. It w I wasn't expecting this out of a dice-chucking game, but I have to say a really, really good game that I have a feeling everybody will enjoy, even if you're against. Even if you're against dice games like this and, and randomness like this, everybody that said they were like that and disliked those types of things had a lot of fun with the game as well so i was really surprised how broad of an audience this game actually struck a good chord with thumbs up from me all right one of the other games we played during our extra life was horse fever i've talked about horse fever before on a previous podcast this is one of my favorite games i'd probably have to say it's definitely in my top 10 I don't know why. I am definitely not very good at this game for being a betting game. But basically, each character 
or each person that's playing the game is going to start out with a character in the game. You're going to start off with a certain amount of money. You're going to be buying different types of cards on your turn and then basically betting on the horses. I had a couple of good bets, but then one time I tried to kind of go almost all in during one of my bets and I lost horribly. It was just, I knew into my gut I should have picked blue when I didn't pick blue. I went with one of the other colored horses, lost a majority of my money. I had to take out a loan with the mob. I couldn't pay back my loan at the end of the game. So it was just, it was just a bad game for me all around with horse betting, but I still had a great time with this game. This game is one of my, I would consider it one of my grail games. I don't have it in my collection and I would really like to get this game into my collection. I haven't been able to find it for a reasonable price, so I'm hoping maybe I can find this at a store. I'm, I'd like to try to hit some of the local game stores that I haven't been to in a while, and maybe somebody has this on a shelf kind of just sitting there waiting for somebody to buy it, and I'm hoping that's going to be me. All right, and then one of the other games we played early in the morning was a little game called Kings of Aaron's Team. This was another game that I've actually talked about in the podcast. This is a worker placement game, and basically what you're trying to do on your turn, you're going to be... It's, I have to say it's more than worker placement. It's a worker placement programming type game. You're basically collecting resources, trying to ship those resources via train. You, you collect them with your dirigible, with basically your steam um, balloon, and then you will basically take them to one of your transport docks, and you will then transport them to a city via train. So hence the name Kings of Air and Steam. There's a couple of different components into the game. You're basically trying to just go for victory points in this game. This is another really fun game. We were playing this one early in the morning. A couple of us were really tired because after having stayed up all night, we hadn't had our morning coffee yet. Uh, but I think everybody that's played this game really enjoyed it. This they, I believe they actually had an expansion out on Kickstarter that I don't think was fully funded. But it, from what I've looked at on Board Game Geek, it seems like that expansion is still supposedly coming out next year in 2016. So this is a game that... I believe is a couple years old. I can't remember if it's a couple years old. I think it was originally a Kickstarter as well. Every time I've played it, I've had a really good time with it. The group had a good time playing this one. Like I said, it was a little early in the morning, so we were a little off on this one. So once once one of the guys went out and actually got us some coffee from Starbucks, we jumped over to Spyfall to kind of drink our coffee and wake ourselves up. And Spyfall was a game I've never played before. Spyfall is kind of like a little game where it's basically a social deduction type game. You're going to have a deck of cards that basically has a different spy in there, I guess you can say. And you're going to deal out cards to all of the players. One player will be the spy. The rest of the players will all be at a particular location. So... All of the, the way the game was divided up, each different location with the spy was basically in a separate like Ziploc bag is how the guy who owned the game, how he had his divided up. I don't know if the game ships with that many bags for all the different locations or not. There's a, a little board that you can set out in front of you. It's not even a board. It's more like a piece of paper that has all of the different locations in there. And basically you start off with one player who's going to ask another player a question kind of relating to the location that everybody is at, as long as you're not the spy. And the spy is trying to then figure out what location everybody is at before all of the agents, I guess you could say, are trying to figure out who the spy actually is. And just from asking questions, you can kind of tell who the spy is normally because they're answering or asking the question in a very vague way as once you get asked a question you are then the person to ask the next question so i thought it was pretty fun we played 
maybe four or five hands of this, I guess you want to say, uh, while we were kind of drinking our coffee, waiting to wake up and get into the next game. I had never played Spyfall before. It kind of reminds me of some of the other social deduction and bluffing games um, that are out there. I thought it was pretty cool, though. It was a nice, fun game to play early in the morning while we were continuing our waking up and just carrying on through the day. But then after that, we jumped over to a little Mysterium. I think this is the second time I've played Mysterium. We had a full group of, I think, seven or eight playing. I think we had seven people and the ghost, so I think there might have been eight of us. Um, I had a great time with Mysterium as well. We did have one little problem with our ghost being a little too tired, as he did not have any coffee. He actually made one mistake for one of our, for one of our people, in that the first couple of turns that she was actually trying to figure out what card she was as far as who had who had committed the murder, uh, he was looking at the wrong card for her. So the first two turns for her were kind of all lost. So at the end, we gave her one extra turn just because she had kind of lost the first two because everybody else had finished and was basically waiting for her at the end. And we didn't want to lose. We actually wanted to win. We gave her one more turn. She was actually able to get to the end so all of us could actually make that final guess I think all of us guessed, and I think everybody had guessed correctly but one person. I, I really liked it. That was the first time we had actually got to that final stage of Mysterium. When I had played Mysterium before, only one or two people had made it to the top and actually solved all three of their cards, and everybody else had failed miserably. So it was pretty cool that we were we worked together really good, played with a couple of new people I hadn't played before, and everybody that played Mysterium seemed to have had a pretty good time with that game as well. All right, we got one more game I'm going to talk about, which is a little card game that I had never played before. And then we're going to jump into a couple of video games. But there's a little card game that's, wow, quite old, I think, right now. I think it was out in 97 when I was looking it up on Board Game Geek. I had not heard of this game before, and I had not played it before. And it's a little card game called Bonanza. So if you're not familiar with this game, this is a game basically about beans. So you're dealt a hand of cards, and on your turn, you're going to flip over two cards, and what you're trying to do is basically do a set collection. There are coffee beans, chili beans, green beans, red beans, blue beans, all sorts of beans. All the different beans have different a different variety of number of them in the deck. Like, I think coffee bean was probably one of the most prominent, whereas, like, some of the blue beans, I think, were some of the most rarer ones. And what you're trying to do is, if you can complete a set of them, the more of the set you complete, the more coins you get. When you're ready to turn those in, you basically take those in, take those cards, turn them in, and on the back of the cards is a gold coin. However many you've collected in the set, that's how many gold coins you get. And you're basically just trying to collect gold coins for the end of the game. One of the additional things you can do when you're collecting the gold coins is purchase an additional plot. So initially you start off with two plots of land that you can plant your beans in. Once you get two gold, you can purchase your third plot, which definitely helps out and lets you just start doing more set collection. So this game was one we had a large group of people playing. I think six to eight people, whatever the max number I think the game played, that's how many we played with. And most people had never played with that many people before. The initial round takes a while because you basically play through the deck of cards. But after that, you reshuffle the cards that are then in the discard pile and you play through those and you do that then in the third round. That second and third round when you're playing with that many people goes very quickly, I will say. A couple of us were kind of laughing at how fast the actual second and third round went as opposed to how quickly the first round, or, you know, a little longer the first round took. Uh, but I had a pretty good time with this game. It's a pretty simple game. It was it was fun and cute. The beans are kind of funny because they basically have them decked out. The coffee bean looks like a coffee bean. The chili bean has like a sombrero on them and everything. 
and the beans just have some really cool art to them. It was a nice, fun little game, really light. It was a good filler in between a couple of the other games we were playing. So we were trying to basically do that and try to give our brains a rest between some our, between some of the heavier games that we were playing. So next week, I'm going to jump into a couple of the other games that I played. There was a brand new game that I touched on a little bit that I'll talk about that I've actually played with my wife that I've picked up, and that's um, Seven Wonders Duel. So we're going to leave that for next week. All right, we're going to jump over to a couple of video games. Of course, I played a little Shroud of the Avatar. I, I couldn't pass that up. I needed something to fill my time before the next game I talk about came out. Uh, but Shroud of the Avatar, I was actually leveling up my fighter at first since when I had gone through the initial questionnaire, I had answered the questions and basically they put me and deemed me as a sword fighter. I really wanted to make a mage, so I decided over the weekend I'm going to just blow away that character look up what the questions are to create a mage and created a mage and started a mage running around as a mage with cloth armor in the beginning was a little difficult i am used to wearing plate and actually having a little protection with me possibly even with my shield so being out there i tried to go wand at first and i'm noticing after reading the forums a lot of people will sw swap out the wand in the early levels for a sword it appears that i have the base sword trait trained so I will basically be able to use that as an auto attack, and I'm going to basically put a sword back in my hand when I head back out. I think after I had deleted my mage and restarted him, I think I got him up to level 11. I am so glad that they are giving us three times the XP right now, because that will make leveling up this mage, I'm hoping, a lot easier. And I think I'm really still enjoying the skill-based system that they have and that they introduced a couple patches ago. It doesn't seem like it's really that bad. It seems that as I'm using a lot of my skills, they are leveling up very quickly, but that also could be because of the three times XP. So when the game goes live, it's going to be probably very interesting to actually try to level up a character, as I'm sure it won't be as easy as it is now. We're also still trying to work out in regard to my buddy who bought a a player-owned town. We're still working on a lot of those things. It's not in-game yet. He's hoping it's, like I said last episode, he's hoping it's going to be in possibly before Christmas. I'm hoping so as well. I think right now I was able to get um, uh, my home down in Soul Town. He was on one night and said that somebody had just moved their house, so I basically zoned it, logged in real quick and zoned to him and grab, was able to grab a spot in Soul Town real quick, so that's basically where I've been staying and I'm still having a lot of fun playing with a mage is definitely a lot different than playing with a sword user in the game and a melee character as I really have a feel I really have a good feel for the melee character considering I've played one for probably the past four to six months that I've actually been playing the game right now going into a mage it's very different having to kite some some of the monsters is really different I can't really stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them being in cloth right now. Even with my fire AoE, I can see that I still need to get leveled up a little bit more before I'm a little more powerful and can kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the more humanoid characters. Skeletons I seem to be able to take down quite easily, which I'm having a ball with. So I've basically been trying to concentrate on them in leveling up. I'm going to maybe try to start getting into some wolves and start collecting some more cotton to start maybe getting some better cloth armor than the items that I was basically gotten from my purchase of of my night account so I'm going to continue and we're going to try to hopefully maybe do the hat, hat quest this weekend or if I'm not leveled up by this weekend maybe next weekend and I have a feeling it will be next weekend but we definitely want to finish the hat quest for this month and not miss it but considering the next game that I'm going to talk about is out now it's going to take up a lot more of my time so leveling up in Shroud of the Avatar is going to be a little difficult and that game is called Fallout 4. 
So I've talked about Fallout 4. It was on my list of what I want to play. I have never played any of the Fallout series of games before. This is a game that I've kind of been looking for. I was a huge Skyrim fan. I wasn't really too sure how I was going to take to the post-apocalyptic setting as far as a role-playing game goes, as I really do like the fantasy settings. And so far, I will say I, I do like it. Combat's very different than Skyrim, as I'm not really used to using guns in all my RPGs. I'm definitely used to using swords or, or wands with my magic users or staves or bows and arrows or something. Um, but using guns and having... A big, nice mech suit armor is pretty freaking cool, I have to say. The graphics on the computer, um, when I loaded up the game, it went through and it actually put my settings to ultra for me right out of the box. So I was really stoked about that. I already saw that there's already a mod out there to actually make the graphics even look a little bit better. I'm considering downloading that, maybe playing around with that to see how that mod will actually make the game look. From what I can, from the, from the, probably four or five hours that I've spent with the game so far. I'll have to say so far, I like Fallout. It's a lot different. There's a lot in the crafting. I wish the crafting in the game would have been explained a little bit better. I think the the so-called tutorial that they kind of give you is really can't even be called a tutorial. They kind of just tell you, you can craft stuff, hit this key. And that's pretty much about it. I would have liked a little bit better of an explanation of what, how you did things or what, how things were done and Maybe a few more tips, but I was able to figure it out. I got my first house built yesterday. I was able to build a bunch of beds for a lot of the settlers that I had in my encampment. So when I had to come home from exploring at night, I saw, I was wondering where everybody was. There was one person patrolling the area. I was wondering where all the other NPC characters were. And lo and behold, they were all in their beds sleeping. So I was like, okay, I guess the house worked and I guess they liked it. So uh, it's really interesting, all the things you can do in this game. Uh, I kind of like the dog as a companion so far. I have a feeling I'll be sticking with him probably through most of the game just because I think he's a pretty cool companion. It's really neat all the different things you can get him to do. And it's just nice kind of having a dog kind of hanging out in the game with you. But that's about it. We're about almost 30 minutes into the podcast. I don't want to go much over 30. So let's jump over to what I want to play now. And I'm sure I'll be talking about Shroud of the Avatar and Fallout 4 for the next couple episodes. So don't worry if there's more you want to hear about those. More talks about those will be coming shortly. All right, a couple of the games that I want to play now. One of the games I saw played down at the game store during Extra Life, there was a group of people that had played. They had a pretty decent group playing the game as well. Maybe five or six people, I think it was. And the guy had a lot of the expansion. That's Eldritch Horror. I wish I really could have gotten in on that game. I think they played it for about the first five hours. <laughs> Pretty much the whole time we were playing Favor of the Pharaoh, they were playing Eldritch Horror, and it sounded like they had a really good time. They had lost a couple of people. I don't think they won, but it sounded like they just had a hell of a good time playing that game. And that kind of just made me want to play that one again, since I've only played it once before, and I just played it solo by myself. So I'd really like to play with a group of people and just get a get a good round of Eldritch Horror in, because it sounded like it sounded and looked like they were just having a heck of a good time. Because I had gone over to their table a couple of times and was watching them while they were playing while we were in between games of Favor of the Pharaoh. And then one of the other games I want to play was a game that was on my list last week, and I didn't get to bring it out during our extra life stream, Fury of Dracula. I was kind of hoping to maybe play this on the Twitch stream. I had I did not have a chance to read through the rules, so I didn't want to sit there and read through the rules while somebody else, while the other people were playing games. I kind of just played games for the full 24 hours. So Fury of Dracula, while I did bring it down with me, it pretty much sat underneath the table the whole time. 
and I just didn't get a chance to play it. So I was really bummed about that. So that's still on what my what I want to play now list. And that's it. Hey, thanks for joining me for episode 92 of the podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, which I'm going to try to have live, maybe with a little fallout for this weekend, is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody who contributed and donated during the Twitch stream that we did for 24 hours. That was pretty cool that we did that. Uh, We were really excited to make it through the 24 hours. Um, I'm so stoked that I was able to pretty much double my initial goal like I had stated at the beginning of the podcast. And I'd just like to thank everybody that contributed. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to those kids. And um, a bunch of people I work with were really nice in that regard too. So I'd just like to thank everybody for contributing. And like I always say at the end of the podcast, hey, go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you later.